Hello, everybody. This is Keith Music Man Hanelek with the Final and Final Podcast. And tonight we are with Dan Chadburn. And I just said covered his album called Always, which was released August 1st. Hello, Dan. Hey, Keith. It's so good to be here with you. Glad to have you on board. And uh, very interested in talking some more about your album. And, you know, one of the first things that got my attention was the cover. I like the way you put the different colors in there. And the first thing that hits me when I look at that is that all the colors of the, the musician, mainly the piano, of course, and the human emotions and um, how that tied in with you growing up in New England, like me, and coming back and your mom dying. And that's exactly what happened to me. I was out in California eight years, came back, was here six months, and you know, and my mom was gone. So really could relate to that story and um, really enjoyed the music. So thank you. Just wondering. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I just want to correct one thing. I actually didn't grow up in New England, although I have a love for New England. I grew up out in Oregon and on the, Oh, US, oh. but, um, but I, I lived in Washington DC area for about 30 years. So I'm, you know, I'm, I love P-Town, though up in the Boston area. So New England is kind of a second home for me in that sense. But, but yes, the cover, interesting, the cover of Always, we went, my husband, Tom Nichols, who is also my producer, we went through a whole bunch of dif- different iterations for a possible cover. Um, and I, I wasn't really happy with any of them, but I wanted to include some sense of, you know, as you said, the colors. And finally, one day, probably oh, two weeks or so before we went to press, I just took a quick photograph of my MIDI piano keyboard, and then I put it kind of in, you know, I, I duplicated it into a square. And then I just started experimenting with some of the colors that I could pull up uh, using my software. And, and then I had a black and white photo that I had taken of our grand piano, the, the inner, inner part of the piano with the strings and hammers and stuff. And, and really this cover came together all in probably in about 15 minutes one afternoon as I was, you know, getting a little frantic because I didn't yet have the artwork for the, the press or for the print. And so anyway, I'm glad you, glad you liked the cover and, um, it was fun to put together. So, so my interpretation of it um, w- was that what you were thinking along those lines as well. Or does it stand for something yeah. else? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, for me personally, it, you know, there's well, the title of the album itself always represents, in my mind, the universe's infinite promise of courage, hope, and love. And certainly, you know, whether it's the love that we have for our families, the love that our parents have for us, um, or the love that we have for them, um, the love that we have for friends and, and, you know, people in our lives, there's, there's a, it's just so important that I think we, we let other people know that we love them. And so, you know, you mentioned your mom dying. When my mom died uh, in April 2019, I 
you know, as any son does. I mean, I was 59 years old when she died, but yet it, you know, it's still very much like you're a little boy and you're seeing your mom go. And I watched her when I was sitting in the hospital. Uh, for the last three or four days of her life, we, our, my siblings and I and, and extended family members took turns sitting at her bedside and watching her take her last breaths were so powerful um, that it was beautiful because you, you know, at 86 years old, you know, how many breaths has a person taken in their lifetime up to that point? I have no idea, but I'm guessing it's in the multi-millions of breaths. And every single breath, every single breath is sacred. Um, and 86 years old, you're watching your mom take her last and final breaths. And it's, it was so poignantly beautiful, yet, you know, as you would know, as you know, I'm sure, with your mom passing, so sad, too. And um, yeah. so one, one of the pieces on the album, uh, which, you know, we recorded the album this past April in Sedona, three years after my mom passed. It's been a while since we recorded. And um, one, the, the final day in the studio, we pretty much had the other tracks in the can. And uh, Tom said, why don't you just improvise something? You know, he, I think I think either Joe Bongiorno or, or Tom suggested a minor key. And I, I think I even remarked, well, it may be kind of sad. And I so I sat down on the piano and I played this, this piece in A minor. And as I sat there, I, you know, I just kind of, it kind of took me back the three years to sitting in the hospital room with my mom and watching her take her final breaths and just how sacred those breaths were. So that that's the, the birth of, of sacred breath on the album. Ah, okay, gotcha. Well, I got to tell you, my mom died a long time ago. I was only 30. And um, oh, wow. it, it just hit me like nothing ever did before um i think it's totally different when you lose your mom as opposed to anybody else in your family and there's something special there obviously that connection because she gave you birth you know and uh, i don't know if you say that it's passed by where i haven't thought about her after that and i, I it just changed me in my whole concept of life and uh, you know afterlife totally changed and, and i just hope that it's all true and someday you know we will meet again you know i believe so. i believe that is true you know and i mean I, I guess we have no way of really knowing but i believe that's true and i'm sorry you lost your mom at such a young age because i think that's you know 30 years old i mean there's so much that she wasn't able to experience with you after she passed but you know hopefully sure. you know Hopefully both their moms are, you know, in the afterlife looking down on us and they're proud of us. So, you know. I'm sure they are. And, you know, it's uh, been several years since I'd covered one of your albums. And uh, it was nice to hear your music again. Um, with 12 tracks, uh, I really liked the way you ended it with the final curtain. That was so appropriate. I love that. You know. It's just people really need to look at the artwork, the titles, 
the, the track uh, names, particularly in instrumental music, and try to put that together and understand, you know, what that means, you know, and not necessarily what it means for the artist, what it means for them when they listen to it, you know. I think there's two sides, really, you know. And yeah. That's why I like, to, I like to talk to you guys because I get to hear your side of the story, your interpretation, and, and to see that, you know, are, were there some things in my review that lined up with how you were feeling when you made the music or something I said clicked, you know, and, and synced up with, with your process. That, that's the beauty of music, really, you know. And so as far as your process goes, um, what was the length of time it took for you to put this together? And um, what was the main driving source for you to make this album and record it? I think um, the, as far as the length of time, let me answer that question first. We we decided probably oh maybe mid December of last of 2021 that we were going to get back into the studio. With COVID, you know everything kind of shut down for all of us. And I my last album I recorded I believe it was in June of, of 2019. So it had been you know two and a half years by December last year, and we decided to, you know, get back in the studio. And so I started kind of going through um, different songs that I had written, you know, over the past year or two with COVID. And fortunately, some of them I recorded on the video so I could send the videos off to a wonderful, talented music transcriptionist named John Ezekiel in Los Angeles area. And he was able to then transcribe the pieces on the sheet music so I could then go back in um, into, you know, work, work at the piano and rehearse them and get them ready to record. Um, one of the pieces, there was one exception, though. One of the pieces, a turning point, was actually written way back in 2011. Um, a good friend of ours named Peter Fox um, was quite gravely ill at the time. He, he ended up passing away in January of 2012. But Peter inspired both that song and one other song uh, on my Nocturnes album, Peter's Theme. And so that piece I had recorded into the mid, into a synthesizer. So I had, not, not to get too much into the details here, but I, I had the MIDI data for those who musicians, you'll understand what that means. So I could take the MIDI data and then put it on sheet music and much like John Ezekiel's transcriptions of the video recordings, I could then rehearse it and take it into the studio. So we, Tom and I kind of gathered up, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 tracks and decided that we were going to, you know, put them together as an album. Um, this was actually a little different than some of my other albums. I've, I've often gone into the studio and, you know, improvised maybe half of the album onto the album uh, during the recording sessions. This one was actually very, you know, pre-prepared, so to speak. I took these pieces in and rehearsed them off the sheet music, recorded them in the studio. Um, it took, we were there three days in Sedona. The first two days we recorded uh, 11 of the tracks, 11 of the 12 tracks, I believe, that are on the album. Those were all pre-prepared. And then, as I said earlier, the, the 12th track, um, Sacred Breath, was recorded that third day on the Wednesday. So 
I'm going to take a quick water here. Excuse me. That was pretty quick. Three days. <laughs> um, I, you know, I listened. One of my favorite pianists in the in the genre is Pam Asbury, and I listened to Pam's uh, podcast with you. And I'm just so impressed by Pam because she can she can go into a session, a week long session or a three or four day session, and put out three albums in that length of time. So, um, you know, the fact yeah, that she's I, amazing. The fact that I can do one in three days, I'm you know, I, I think I'm. <laughs> but but Pam, you know, she's she's amazing, absolutely amazing. I'm so pleased to see her music get the recognition it deserves. She's a wonderful pianist and piano teacher and, you know, does a lot for kids in in the Music Teachers Association and so forth. So, anyway, that's a little plug. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard her music, you should find it. So, Well, you know, getting back to the MIDI uh, data and transcribing it to sheet music, is there a software you put that through? Because I, I can't see how you would do that just <laughs> listening to it, right? I wish there was a software, and I've, you know, I've used perform, I've used a lot of different, um, <clears throat> a lot of different recording software through the years. I started off with Performer in the late '80s, early '90s. Um, then I went to Cakewalk. I've been on Pro Tools. I've, you know, I've used a variety. But as far as taking, you know, a complicated, not complicated, but a non. Uh, let me back up. As far as taking a uh, recording that I haven't played to a click track, I've never been able to find out how to quantize that in a real effective way, where it then puts it on the sheet music in a you know in a metered piece, whether you're playing in four four or five eight or nine eight or twelve eight or or whatever. Um, they, the notes can get there, but it's just, you know, it's not real accurate. Um, that's been my experience. So when I, actually, when I've gone into Transcribe, I've taken literally every single MIDI note that I've played, and I, you know, I've, I've read music since I was nine years old, piano, classic, classical piano. So I know, I know where to put the notes on the page, and I know, you know, voicing and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But I, I literally have to look at every single uh, MIDI input note and put it on the score according to when it was played. So it's a, you know, it, it, I think Turning Point probably took me 24 hours to get every single note in place. But it's, you know, it's accurate to the way the piece was ori- originally played and scored. So, you know, that's the benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're taking a, if you're taking a video recording. You know, I, I have honestly, I have probably the worst ear in the whole genre of new age musicians. I don't have a good ear. Um, I, you know, my brain just kind of shuts off when I'm improvising, so I don't necessarily think of where my hands are going and the relationship between the fingers and the intervals. Um, I just don't have that gift. Um, whereas somebody like John Zekiel. You know, he can he can take an audio recording or a video recording and with very few exceptions get almost every single note that I play and that other musicians play onto the sheet music accurately. So, wow. Or, so, so you know what? what? When I heard you say 12-8, I think right away, progressive rock. 
that's some complicated uh-huh. stuff, you know. Uh, yeah. How would you explain that to a layperson? What exactly is 12-8? I would say color my world is like a 12-8 because it, da, 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 you know, that's really? it. It could be that's a not complicated. <laughs> no, well, it's, no, that's a good point. It, it can be, I think if people think of it as 12-8, they're thinking, okay, I've got to count 12 beats to a bar, so 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, you know, and you run out of breath. But if you're thinking 1, 2, 3, 2, 2, 3, 3, 2, 3, 4, 2, 3, that's 12-8 as well. Uh, um, that's it. So, it's, you know, it's a good way to explain it. Yeah. I'm sorry, what was that? I was just going to say it's all kind of how the brain thinks of it, maybe. I don't know, you know. Right. Would you consider playing the piano like muscle memory, like when you type on the keyboard without looking? Um, it certainly is the word tech, tech, tech. What's the word? Tech, not tactfully, but, but the touch. What's the root for touch? Um, there is There is muscle memory involved, like if you're – you know, if you've been trained to play scales and arpeggios and that kind of thing, you're, you know, your hands learn certain movements and where the thumb goes underneath, you know, for like you're using five, four, three, two, one, and then the third finger goes over to finish the C major scale, something like that. It's very muscle mm-hmm. memory related. Um, I guess, yes, <laughs> answer your question. <laughs> Well, it's been very interesting talking to you. Uh, this has been a different kind of conversation than I'm used to having and uh, really like getting inside the music in, in such a way that um, it would really be helpful for listeners. They happen to be listening to this interview, you know, how you go about playing music and what's involved. And I have a lot of respect for anyone that records music and, um, you know, you should be given that respect and, be supported in any way that we can for those of us that have the privilege of listening and enjoying and listening to your music, especially healing music like people make in the new age genre. And I greatly appreciate what you do. Well, thank you, Keith. I'm, I'm appreciative of, of you helping support and promote all of our music. So thank you. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, and I look forward to your next project. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Keith. Hopefully it won't be another three years, though, so you can hold me to it. (laughs) All right. You take care now. All right. Thank you, Keith. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.